Hey, welcome to the Low Key Podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Tim Malloy. I'm here with Aaron Lanson. Nice to meet you. And if uh, you've been here before, welcome back. And um, it's me, Keith. Keith Danny. This week, we're talking about a subject that terrifies me uh, on two levels. We're going to ask the question, does Black Panther deserve its nomination for Best Picture? This scares me, one, because I'm a white person, and two, because I'm a white person who covers Hollywood as a reporter and an editor, and I, I am more afraid to speak out against Black Panther than I am to speak out against the president. I hear that. Oh, my God. I mean, honestly, I, that was the first thing came to my mind when I saw these Oscar nominations. Like, I was I was literally shocked to see Black Panther on there. I know that was a, you know, we all love the film, all three of us. You you guys can go back and check out some of our past episodes that we did on on Black Panther for both Loki and Meanwhile in the Multiverse. We just love the film, but it just I I don't I don't know. It I think because I'm not used to a movie like that being nominated for Best Picture. Like, what do you guys think overall, though? So, all right. I saw the movie in theaters in February, um, and it's been on Netflix for a bit. My son loves the child, baby. Calls him the child all the time. Um, and all the other characters, of course, but, you know, he got to represent, of course. Uh, now, having said that, I've, I've seen it so many times, like, I should be 100% sick of it. I still find the movie very enjoyable for a bunch of reasons. Mm-hmm. And, and so when a movie holds up, after repeated viewings by children, I think that says something to its quality. Now, best picture question is difficult for me because I have not seen uh, many of the films on the list. So we're looking at Black Klansman, Bohemian Rhapsody, The Favorite, Green Book, Roma, A Star is Born, Vice. Out of those... Uh, Let's see. I mean, the I don't even know what the favorite is. Tim, could, what is that? I, I know. <laughs> I wish we had to record when I uh, tried to ask you about what the favorite was, and you thought I was talking about what's the favorite in this category. Uh, but what is that movie, though? I don't even know. There is no favorite in the category because the category is an absolute mess. Like, really, anything could win. So, so was this a bad not Vice. year? Was this a what's bad that? year? No, it's for a great movies? year. Yeah, so that's what's weird for me. Because I like like Keith, I'm shocked to see Black Panther here. It's awesome, and I think it's a really good movie. But like that is not what you would expect. Yeah, and and part of the reason why I guess it stood out the most to me, to be honest with you, was is this another way of like um, I guess the Oscars trying to add more diversity, or like were they feeling like okay? we have to put Black Panther as best picture because of the reception that it got um, from a lot of people, especially the African-American community. Well, that hasn't mattered in the past. So I guess it, it, it way before Black Panther became a thing, there have been several several movies that have done really well, gotten you know, a lot of attention by audiences, you know, billion-dollar box office, so on and so forth, and they don't necessarily uh, reach Beck's 
picture status unless you're looking at something like a Titanic. Um, it, are there some other films that did amazing at the box office that I'm not thinking of, Tim, that's coming off the top of your head? I mean, I think Bohemian Rhapsody is also in there in part because it's a huge crowd pleaser. Okay, yeah. And I would say that, obviously, Star is Born did really well um, and Black mm-hmm. Panther. The Favorite did fine. Green Book did fine. Black Klansman um, did, did okay. Roma really isn't fair to compare because it was a Netflix release as well as being in theaters. Um, okay, well, Vice, whoa, whoa, quick, really, quick, quick, does that impact how you view the film as, as, as somebody who is an expert of the industry? Oh, boy. Okay, I'm more of a TV guy first, but <laughs> um, <laughs> I heard a really good point on the Brett Easton Ellis podcast. He was saying that if you see it in a theater, it's a totally different movie than if you see it on a small screen, and I think that makes sense. Roma is totally immersive. It's like a small movie. It's a small interpersonal story. But the backdrop for it is just panoramic. It's just historic. It has incredible sweep. And you really capture that much better in a theater. It really feels like being in these people's lives. Um, yeah. Like you can look to the left and see the mountains that they saw. It, it's it's not like a small family drama. It's a small family story that plays out amidst a huge nationwide drama. Yeah. Interesting. Mm. Um, also, the favorite because you asked is about yes, Queen. I, I forget. <laughs> I forget the Queen's name, but she has two different aides or just women who are kind of very helpful to her, um, and one is kind of out jousting the other to become the favorite. Okay. That's oh. Really good. Mm, interesting. And, you know, speaking of things that, um, you know, are real, but sometimes feel a little almost like they didn't happen, Vice. So <laughs> you said Vice probably has the the um, has the worst odds uh, of, of the films here. Why do you think that is? Uh? First, I love Vice. I was euphoric all through it. I just I love Adam McKay. I think Christian mm-hmm. Bale's incredible. Um I, I love the way that they told this story that I was honestly super sick of. I mean, I thought I'd never want to hear anything about Dick Cheney ever again, but they made it all feel fresh and interesting. And yeah. they do a great job of tying a lot of things together. I really like it. It's just that it was very divisive. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, politics do play a part in these things. That's Keith was bringing up. Um, and it's hard to... It's interesting, like... I will say I was one of those people when I saw the promo. I can't remember which theater I, or what film I was looking at. I was like, I don't know if I want to see this because I don't want to hear shit about Dick Cheney. <laughs> but uh, I don't. I mean, that that's fascinating. Also, you know, I I've heard good things about it from people who actually saw the film. So I need to be one of those people who go out and, and give it a shot. So um, that'll that'll be coming down the pike for me. Um, so you know we. I think, like I say, we all like Black Panther. Um, where would we rank it as far as movies that deserve some sort of Oscar nomination? I mean, do we feel like it's probably the most deserving superhero film of a nomination that we've gotten so far? Or are there other films that probably should have gotten a Best Picture nomination also, do we think? Could I, could I put it a different way? Sure. Why do we question that it even is a Best Picture nominee? Hmm. Why do we question it? Um, I th- I question it um, personally 
because of the fact that there has been other superhero films beforehand that were, if not better, but just as good, in my opinion, than Black Panther. But So, so outside of um, The Winter Soldier, what are you thinking of? I think The Dark Knight. Yep. That's fair. Yeah. I, mean, I think all three of the Nolan Batman movies were better. Yeah. I mean, Black fan, Panther. Dark Knight Rises. I would say, I, I, I don't know if I want to go there. But uh, <laughs> the, the, you know what's weird? So for me, the first Nolan Batman is a little uneven. <coughs> um, oh, it's a, it's a, yeah, that's a good movie, but it's kind of, pacing's kind of weird, but it's a really good origin story. Right. Correct me am I wrong, but did we see Dark Knight together? I really feel like we seen that movie. You mean for the first time together? I feel like the first time we saw Dark Knight, we saw it together. It always feels like the first time. But uh... <laughs> I remember <laughs> our reaction to it. Now, this is before, like, way, way before Black Panther, and just, like, how we felt about it. Yeah. Just as, from a narrative standpoint. It's um, a I, so I I did like that Batman Begins, but I was very much like you know on the fence about like where it was in the pantheon. It's definitely one of the better the comic book movies that had happened at the time. When I saw Dark Knight, that shit blew my socks off. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. It was just I don't know. It was it was a lot like and I and and I'm not trying to take nothing from Black Panther, but I'm trying. All I'm trying to say is like is was Black Panther nominated because it is just that good of a movie. Or is it because it's Black Panther? Well, are you, okay. Now, when you, you're saying this, are you challenging yourself about this question or the nomination uh, given as an Oscar nod? Maybe it's more myself. You know what I'm saying? Maybe that's just my thought process on it. And I'm not saying that they don't deserve it. I'm just saying, like, why now? So, you know, uh, South Park may... <laughs> some jokes about this with Cartman was uh, going around in the most recent season and saying that black people had God, I can't remember the joke anymore because it's been a while since I watched it but he basically was saying like Black Panther sucked and like why do black people keep acting like it was this great amazing film and I was like that's such a I don't know they would definitely pull it at, at, you know, at, at people's strings right there but you know, I I did wonder like after I walked away from it, like, am I blind to myself or is it really that good? I still feel like that's a really really good movie, man. But it like what this, I, I guess my thing is, you know, like you said, the, the quality of the Dark Knight was so ridiculous. I really don't remember what the best picture nominations were that year, because um, I'm pretty sure Dark Knight did not get a nomination for best picture. Am, am I wrong about that? Heath Ledger got, um, he actually won, didn't he, for Supporting Actor? Oh, but he had to. Yeah. He had to. I mean, I, I just meant for Best Picture, but I mean, that... Best Picture, but Best Supporting Actor, yeah. I've never seen such an electric performance in anything outside of, like, theater. I mean, that was... You know, real man. quick? Yeah. I kind of thought, I kind of had problems with, with Dark Knight when it came out, just on like second viewing thinking this doesn't make that much sense. And like the whole situation with the two boats is a little bit silly. Oh no, 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 no. Talk about that. Like why does it make sense that the Joker is this crazy guy who comes up with these incredibly well plotted schemes? Like how does that make sense? But I watched it about two months ago and it's absolutely perfect because the Joker isn't a crazy guy. 
The Joker is oh, a better planner than anybody in any Batman movie, and he's using the whole chaos image to throw people off. It's classic exactly. art of war. He's an amazing planner, and we see that even in the very first scene where he knows even what time the bus is going to arrive. He's spectacular. It is fascinating. I love it. I movie. thought you were going to disagree <laughs> on the Joker. Yeah, yeah no, that, that's exactly what it was. I think one of his his... <laughs> One of his greatest plans to me in that whole movie, not to just jump all the way up on Dark Knight. Oh, no. Let's do it for a but, moment. That's a great movie. There was that, that point where he had told um, Batman where he had Rachel. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So he gave him false information knowing that Batman was going to go to that first but wind up saving and turn Harvey Dent. That shit was Rachel. hilarious. And so it kind of played on his own um, desperation. And so he brought out a certain weakness in Batman that nobody else was able to do. It was just, it was it was a lot of stuff. And showed him, I mean, you're a man. You are a man. And you do not. I mean, like you say you about justice and this and that. But at the, at the end of the day, you're still a man, you know, and you're going to go with your heart. And like, man, and th- the thing about that boat. Scene, oh, so what were you going to say about the boat scene? Uh, Tim, that you said that did bother you when you saw it. It just seemed too movie. That was, yeah. It was very movie, but I say it, for a theater experience, that was my favorite part of the whole movie because I'm sitting there and the joke is like, all right, so they got a, uh, a remote control bomb and the other boat has a remote control bomb. One got criminals on it. The other one has like regular people just trying to get out so-called regular people right and his whole yeah. point was like human beings once you erase the facade of society they just become banal and crazy and they can't function and they'll all turn on each other so his idea was like okay i'll do this and we'll see what happens now of course it, the thing is you can't actually let him win because if you let him win and when i say this i mean like as is a hollywood film you literally cannot let one or the other happen because if one sees that they about to do it, the other one definitely going to do it. But in the theater, the reason it was so interesting was I was in this suburban neighborhood watching these people go. I would have blown the motherfuckers up so fast. Uh-huh. Like it was tense in the room. And I was like, damn, like this is crazy. Like to see because the thing that actually was tripping me out is as I'm watching the movie, because of all the stuff that happened prior to that. You see the chaos in how people would act, at least in this movie's reality. And you know that if this was not a Hollywood film, so to speak, the Hollywood ending would not happen. They would have blown, somebody would have blown somebody up. And the people in the room would kind of, the way they were squirming, they were like, look, it ain't going to be us get blown up first. I was like, damn. It was interesting. I was was learning stuff. (laughs) I love the turtle with Zeus. With Tiny Lister, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he just threw, he just threw the remote out of there. The best, man. Yeah, oh, and it's and I think that was I don't know I I think it it brought up a whole bunch of different um what you call it existential can't never say the word crises <laughs> and it was it was just a real deep movie and I'm not trying to take nothing not to distract from Black Panther but I'm just saying like. I feel like we would have had a superhero best movie from that first. But see, I I think people weren't 
ready to give the proper credit to these films, though. They were still seen as very popcorn and not... See, the thing, the Dark Knight ushered in the opportunity, one, for comic book movies to be taken more seriously, and also for them to take more risk um, as far as the storytelling, what you can do with narrative, what you can do with villains to make them um, empathetic and uh, give them a point of view that was not simply I'm this evil person trying to take over the world or get rich or, you know, whatever. Yeah. And I think from a um, from a narrative standpoint, I think Black Panther is real good, just the same way as Dark Knight. But I think Black Panther has his flaws also, though. Yeah. Um, and, and Tim, what were you gonna what were you gonna add uh, a moment ago? I don't remember, but I agree with what Keith said. Yeah, I I think one of the flaws, <laughs> and this might be like being too picky. Well, shit, no, I don't think so. I I think from the CGI isn't that good in that movie to me. No, it's not. It's not. It's not that impressive, especially compared to other Marvel films. And then there was certain segments where they use CGI where they probably didn't even have to. They could have used practical effects. Even the fight between Killmonger and Black Panther like that was overkill in places. Well it was a it was a pretty long fight. But I, I feel like it was just too much CGI. I think when he fought the Dora Milaje, that was perfect. You know Yeah, that, yeah. Oh that, that was a fun fight. I did like that. That was a perfect fight. The fight at the um when he was in, in what was in, in South Korea? Korea. Uh South that whole Korea. sequence is incredible. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, that that whole sequence was like one of the best sequences of the film to me, honestly. But, um, but you know, uh, oh no, sorry, go ahead. You were about to mention uh, another thing. No, yeah. So, so I mean, they have their good moments, but then it's just if if I want to compare it to some other, like even if you like how you mentioned Winter Soldier, or we mentioned Dark Knight, there's no faltering in that. You know what I'm saying? The narrative's good. The acting's good. The characters, everything's on point, and the special effects was on point. You know, what I found well, tricky about it was in the plot. Killmonger, from a political standpoint, is right. He's like, you have these resources. We should be helping people all over the world to overthrow the people who are holding them down. He's right. Yeah. And the whole isolationist idea we have all this wealth and we're not going to share it is just from a human standpoint wrong. And it's interesting that the hero is the one who's the isolationist and the quote unquote bad guy is the one who kind of has the more uh, humanitarian worldview, but then they mess it up by having Killmonger just be an asshole. Like he just <laughs> kills people. <and> he <laughs> becomes the King and he's just a jerk to everybody. Like it's way more interesting if Killmonger is actually a decent guy and might have possibly been a good king. See, okay. God, but I, that, that's such an amazing point because what, okay, it, it actually, it didn't take me out of the movie. And, and so one of the most effective parts of the whole film was after he defeats T'Challa, Killmonger defeats T'Challa, and he, he um, drinks from the, the fruit that gives the panther his power. And he, he uh, meets with the kings. In this case, he can't meet with the kings, he's got to meet with his father. Uh, back out in Oakland, and that conversation they have, and you're like, "Oh my God, this is this must be how it feels to watch This Is Us every week," and <laughs> you know, trying to keep the shit together, and then you go back, and you're like, "Oh my God, like that was so impactful." And then he comes, and he just you know choking the old elder lady, and you're like, "Oh shit!" Um, 
It is interesting because oh, and he he said he called her a bitch or something, and I was like, oh snap, like oh, <laughs> like and it wasn't like it wasn't I wasn't owing because he said it. I was like, well, damn, Disney let you do this now, but um, because I was like, that's kind of cool. But how, how much more fascinating would it have been? Like like you just brought up, if he comes out of that and he's like, you know, I'm never gonna let anybody else go through what I went through, and. He uses that energy, that that pain, to try to. Now he, he's not doing the things that Chala would have done, and he is putting his wrath upon the rest of the world. But the people in the kingdom, he's treating them well, and he's this and he's that. Now the thing is, it would be kind of weird for him to do that, though, given the fact that the royalty had treated him the way they had. And now the thing is, they didn't know, right? So maybe he's like, "Well, you guys didn't know." And I understand that. Blah, 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 blah. But he held the atrocities committed against or, or the fact that he was abandoned and what he felt like were the atrocities against his father, against the entire nation. But, you but know? You know, even even adding to that, I feel that all of the characters in Black Panther, they represent something within um, black people, like African-Americans in, in general okay. and, and, and the African experience. And so I think what Killmonger is like the extreme shadow part of the African-American experience. He is the revolutionary who does not believe no, he, that, that, that he's, the, he's the rest than, of the world is acting in good faith. That's why he more than just a revolutionary. He's someone that's suffering um, from post-traumatic stress syndrome. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like. I remember I had a teacher that was like they were talking about like how mental health isn't taken seriously in the black community and how like honestly African Americans are some of the main people, like minorities in general are some of the main people in the United States who should be seeking some type of mental health. Well, you know, we talked about that uh in our last episode with um if Bill Street could talk. I mean, not specifically the PTA PTSD aspect of you know, kind of how the systematic things that come up have impacted minorities. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I think that makes sense, the point you just made. Yeah, so I don't even know if it's so much about him being an asshole or just being, like, literally that damaged. And then then there is also, like you said, the personal grudge that he has against Wakanda for abandoning him and um, taking away his father. Yep. Yeah, just like it so, didn't even need the stuff with fathers. I mean, every movie has to have like a father who somehow influences the lead's life path. But why? I mean, there's other motivations, and he could have been a hardcore militant Marxist who was willing to do anything in the name of you know the greater good. That would have been more interesting to me. Well, just like, I I will say the reason it resonates though is it's it's hard to explain why this resonated with black audiences the way it did but so because the thing is you make that choice not just simply because of because it 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 can seem cliche to use the parents that way which is a trope in all kinds of you know pop culture uh comic book stories and things but the theme of abandonment so tim one thing that we didn't really get into when uh, we discuss Black Panther on this podcast. We Keith and I did on Meanwhile in the Multiverse. 
when you're watching the movie, Keith and Keith and Aaron's other podcast, which we oh yeah, really I guess I highly recommend. Yes, yeah, sorry, I should have made that uh, said that as a uh, caveat as well. So the thing is, when you're watching it and you are a black person in the middle class, I can't even explain to you the kind of like. <sighs> like survival, uh, uh, survivor's guilt you're feeling watching the shit, because mm. you f- you feel like you're Wakanda. Mm. You know, like this is hard to really explain, and and it's hard to do quickly. But if I had to just kind of sum it up, if you have, if you are like of the second generation of people who started going to college, yeah, in some cases, for a lot of us, you're the first generation still that's going to college. Killmonger, in some ways, represents what you're afraid could happen to the people who have not had the the opportunities you've had, who you know, who are family, who you've grown up with. Um, This is similar to what happened in If Bill Street Could Talk, where there's a conversation between, um, oh my God, uh, Alonzo, I can't think of his, Fani, between Fani and his friend who just got out of prison. It's a very similar kind of thematic thing happening there these are things that like i said that it's hard to pick up on if you're not of the that particular culture but like those things that are happening and a lot of these great uh this great black art we're seeing this new kind of filmmaking renaissance we're having with black people this stuff is consistent it even happens in get out in some ways just you know that we don't have time to get into but it's a present. It's something that's like ever present as you're watching it. You feel as a as an audience member, like you're Wakanda, and you like, should I be doing more? Yeah, I gotta admit, I completely missed the survivor's remorse aspect of it, and I've had kind of the opposite take where I thought there's one film really ever at this level that's based in an African country, and they put this incredible guilt on the African country that it should be doing more for the world which is kind of the opposite of real life where African countries have gotten colonized and screwed over and exploited forever. It's a power fantasy. And at the same time, it does represent something that that is actually occurring. Because the thing is, even when Obama would go out as president and he would go and speak to uh, countries out in Africa, uh, people felt like a lot of what he was speaking to was like pull yourself up by your bootstraps and respectability politics kind of stuff. Not gonna jump deep into that now, but there's a lot happening when when you are cognizant of these things and you're watching them. You're like wondering what your place should be and if you should be doing more, concentrate to help other people who you know could be assisted by having some of the tutelage and help you did. And be like, ah, damn! You kind of going through that thought process, and you see this movie, you're like, ah, shit. Am I, am I, am I gonna turn somebody into a killmonger, or is it somebody I know? I'm sitting there, like, damn, you know, like, am I just what? what? Because he's like, you know, you're not doing enough. You're watching people suffer, blah blah blah. He's like, man, I'm trying not to. I don't know. I don't know. It's it's weird to like when that that movie can speak to certain things you even feel like you're living day to day that's why like when you see people who are talent for black panther speak about it in the press isn't like they they say their things that, that people connect with blah, blah blah and they never go deep into it it's a lot of stuff like that that you can't if you're not already a part of that conversation it's hard to really delve deeply into it 
Yeah. So saying that, makes that, it, that makes it a way better movie. I hadn't even thought of it from that aspect. I thought, I think I was looking, I was kind of tracking a different metaphor. Yeah. I mean, that movie means so much to so many people and it's not just representation. It, the representation does matter. The quality of the representation does matter, but the messages and what they're asking you to consider as a viewer is stuff that you can't really replicate if people aren't really allowing you to have some freedom. And maybe they don't even notice they're allowing you to say the things you're saying. And that's its own kind of thing, too. So, you know, again, thanks for Disney Disney allowed this kind of stuff to go down. That's, that's awesome. Um, but this movie does work on levels that we can't really delve into very, very fast. Um, but, you know, having said that, this movie is going to resonate with me in ways it just could not for audience members who are not black. And it's not because, you know, just simply because of the representation, blah, blah, blah. It's like there's so many other things occurring and happening that without like a real deep dive, it's just hard to like even describe the depths of, of like how that movie impacts you as you're watching it. If it does seem like it's speaking to you at that level. So saying all that, we started off with the, with the question, like, should this be a best picture nominee? And I'm happy it's in the running. I enjoyed it more than pretty much any other movie last year. I didn't necessarily think it was the best, but I don't think the best movie was even nominated. Um, Oh, what was the best movie? Oh, but I don't want to take it off track. I mean, do we feel good about this movie being nominated or do we feel like it's there for, do we think the movie is there for any dubious reason, like the Academy trying to make a statement or make itself look good um, or to make good for past past overlooking of African-American movies or overlooking of, you know, maybe superhero movies? I think the movie has earned its spot. It may not be the movie that, you know, from a comic book standpoint, we feel like it's the best one and, and, and deserves it over some of the other ones. I think that's a hard comparison to make. It depends on what other movies were up and so on and so forth. Uh, I feel like the movie earned a spot. Is there some other, as you put, a potentially dubious reason it's up uh, to kind of make sure they don't have another situation? It's like hashtag. What was it? The hashtag? Where, where, um, uh, Are they trying to stay out of Oscar, Oscar So White trouble? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. Oscar so white. Um, I, I don't. I don't think so. Um, it's possible. I know they've made changes to the people who vote um, for the Oscars. I don't know the breakdown of how those changes have occurred, but I do think this could also be a reflection of having greater diversity within the voting populace. Yeah, and I also was wondering. I was thinking honestly that if Bill Street could talk was going to be one of the nominations. Mm. Um, and I guess if, if it was a toss up between the two, oh no, you got to throw in Black Panther. Sorry, I mean right. I love I love Bill Street could talk, um, but I think because the thing is like the they, Black Panther has other nominations too. I know they got some stuff for sound design, costume design, some other things. That movie is a marvelous and yeah, pun intended. Um, work of art on several levels even beyond the things done in the narrative it's a beautiful film it does a great job of representation the colors pop 
Um, the the set design is just ridiculous. I mean, it, it just from you know the top to the bottom, just so much care is put into it, and I think it deserved it. Oh, and they got music nominations. I know also, and the music was great. So yeah, I, I think the best of the year. Yeah, so I mean, I, I think yeah, it earned this nomination without a doubt. I, I don't think we should question that. Hmm. I guess I'm still. I don't know. You you I, just you you skeptical of people, man. I'm and just, also, you you, you yeah. don't want to feel like you oh it's black, so therefore I feel this way about it. It's a good movie, man. Like you ain't gotta be feeling guilty about the shit. We don't we don't want no handouts. <laughs> <laughs> Give us no handouts, Oscar. I don't want nobody. Uh, oh my God! What did James Brown said? I don't want nobody to. Um, ah, shoot! I can't remember. Open up the door. I get it myself. Damn! What's the song, man? I'm. Oh, people gonna fuss me about this. Anyway, hey, if you got this far, oh, say what? I said okay, old man. Boys. I know, right? Okay, so if you got this far, um, that means you like the podcast. Uh, please tell at least one person about it. Um, and th- I mean, that's how we get the word out. We do not have a social media presence right now and we're still, um, getting people to check it out from all over the globe. So thank you so much for tuning in week to week. We really appreciate you guys. If you could share it with one person or tweet it, we want to thank people who tweeted the last episode. We really appreciate that. That was um, awesome. Thank you. That was really cool. Uh, as we mentioned, Aaron and Keith have another excellent podcast. Meanwhile, in the multiverse. Please check it out. Give five stars to that one. Give five stars please. to this one if you like. And uh, Aaron, you made me appreciate Black Panther on a deeper level, and I'm actually gonna go home and watch it again. Hey man, you should. It's it's a really good film. Also, and how you not gonna plug your own stuff? Also, uh, Tim has a, another podcast with his wonderful, wonderful wife, and that one is called Shoot This Now, which takes uh, stories from real life and talks about what it would take to adapt them into a film. Um, who would play certain roles and, you know, be the director, things like that. It's a really great one. The last one y'all did was really fun about uh, Woodstock 99. Since people were doing a lot of comparisons to Fire Festival, checking out the actual worst festival of all time, Woodstock 99. <laughs> I didn't know a lot of that stuff. So I, w- I learned a lot, man. Like, that was like a history lesson. I did not know things had ever get that bad. It's shocking we don't talk about it all the time. If they made Black Panther in 1999, Black Panther would have been played by Fred Durst. <laughs> it, was a weird, it was a weird era. Oh my God! Yeah, we should close there because there's a lot there. But just go, just go to shoot this now. It, it's all there. If you don't remember, you will. Meanwhile, in the multiverse, check it out. Oh my God! Hey, uh, <laughs> good hanging with y'all. Oh, see you on the next Keith. one. Keith, fantastic suggestion. We just yeah. came up with this Thanks, right Keith. before, and like, <laughs> we had so much to talk about. Yeah, we didn't even know. Hey, but, but anyway, we out of here, guys. All right, peace. Peace.